This is Exchanges at Goldman Sachs, where we discuss developments currently shaping markets, industries, and the global economy. I'm Jake Seward, Global Head of Corporate Communications here at the firm. On this episode, we're talking money, from how psychology explains people's saving and spending habits to the money problems facing Americans, to how artificial intelligence and big data are changing the personal finance landscape and more. Joining us in the studio is Adam Dell. He and his team recently moved from their startup office to the Goldman Sachs headquarters here in New York. Adam founded Clarity Money, a personal finance app that was acquired by Marcus by Goldman Sachs in April 2018. Marcus is the digital consumer offering of Goldman Sachs. Adam, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So you're probably the newest Goldman Sachs employee we've ever had on the program. But before joining this firm, you worked as a venture capitalist, professor, you were a lawyer. Talk us a little bit through the journey of how you ended up here and joining the Marcus team at Goldman. I've been doing startups and venture capital for about 20 years. And I have a very specific approach to my work, which is I look for problems. And I look for problems that I think are going to be solved by technology. If I can find a startup that is attacking a problem with technology, I'll invest in it. And if I can't find one of those, I'll start it. The first time I did that was with a company called Message One which provided backup email systems to large corporations. Early in the 90s, it struck me that email was going to become an incredibly important part of the enterprise stack. And I had the fundamental question of what happens if it goes down and what do you do? How does a company continue to operate if their email system is no longer functioning? We would be paralyzed here. Correct. And so I started a company called Message One that solved that problem. I was also very curious about education. I believed that over time, education would be transformed by data. And one of the fundamental problems in our country is graduation rates. An incredibly high percentage of people who go to college don't graduate. And about half of those can't finish because of economic reasons. And yet they're straddled with debt and no degree and therefore less capacity to earn additional income. Massive problem. A problem that can be solved by better decision-making. What's the right school for you to go to? What's the right degree path for you to take? Could we use data science to help individuals make better choices along their career path? And so that led to the creation of a company called Civitas Learning, which is solving that very problem for universities. And actually, while working on Civitas, it struck me that the same problem exists for consumer finance. Getting a college degree requires discipline, delayed gratification, and an understanding of your options. And those are essentially the same dynamics that exist around consumer finance. It's learned a behavior, though. Correct. Yeah. And so while working on Civitas, it struck me that the same opportunity to apply data science and machine learning existed in consumer finance. And that led me to start Clarity which is we use your transaction history and your data to analyze your options and present you with better choices. And that is how I ended up at Goldman Sachs. We could pick your brain on entrepreneurship, investing for hours. Let's turn to your expertise on personal finance. What's your take on how people's finance habits 
have changed and where we're at right now. It's obviously a complex landscape and it's hard to generalize, but given the growth of the smartphone and everyone's banking with their thumbs, where are we now and where are we heading? I think there are three things that are moving the needle for consumer finance. One is the smartphone. People are making profound decisions about getting a loan, getting a credit card, managing their money on a smart device. The second is data. There is enormous value to be gleaned out of analyzing your own transaction history and understanding where you spend your money, how you spend your money. And the third big one is this notion of transparency and simplicity. If you look at all of the noise in financial services over the last 10 years, those organizations that rose to prominence as startups are focused on notions of transparency and advocacy, simplicity. And so those three, what I consider to be tectonic shifts in consumer finance, really created a perfect storm for the value proposition of Clarity, which is a simple mobile device that uses data to give you a crystal clear view into your real financial choices and an ability to take action to change the course of your financial life. And that is a big shift. The other thing I would say is that there is a legacy in financial services predicated on a business model that is tied to fees, hidden charges, high interest rate, that a number of the fintechs are effectively attacking. And I put Marcus by Goldman Sachs in the category of new entrants who are presenting consumers with a very compelling choice. Pay off your credit card debt where you're paying 20, 25% interest with a lower interest rate personal loan. Those kinds of options are now proliferating in the marketplace. And it's very good news for the consumer because they now have a much richer set of options as they think about navigating their financial choices. It used to be if you wanted to borrow money, you could go to your friends and family, you could go to the bank, you could go to a pawn shop, and that was pretty much it. You're very passionate about behavioral science. How does psychology explain people's savings and spending habits? You know, the notion that individuals are rational actors is a false one. Individuals are emotional. And they make financial choices based on emotion. And they're not checking their balance to figure out how much they actually have as much as they're checking their balance to determine whether or not they can afford something that they want right now, which is an incredible insight into the voracious emotional nature of the individual consumer. Before I started Clarity, I spent about a year studying, really studying what the average American feels and thinks vis-a-vis -vis their money. And the reality is, is that the average consumer would rather drink a beer than think about their money. They would rather ignore the plight of their financial condition than approach it and try to solve for a better outcome. Which is why we were so focused on building a solution that was approachable and was delightful to use. Now you can surf your phone, look for an app, play around and find some options. Correct. And there are now a number of service providers 
who serve the credit market, who thin slice your needs. If you want to renovate your home, if you're looking to refinance your mortgage, if you want to pay off your credit card debt, there are specific offerings that are products designed to attack that particular problem. What's the most powerful motivation for people to improve their overall financial situation? Obviously, the app gives them a snapshot of what it looks like, but what motivates them to change or to do things differently? Yeah, it's a very good question, and it gets to the great insights that have been uncovered by the behavioral economics trend, Thaler and Kahneman, and the work done there in understanding how to nudge people in the right direction. It's very hard to change behavior. One of the things that you learn as you study the psychology of debt is that when you have debt, the thing to do is to pay off your smallest debt first. Because you need to have that dopamine hit to the brain and to have the recognition that, hey, it's possible for me to get on top of this. I can improve my financial life. Here are the steps to do it. And so by parsing out these specific actions in small, discrete, attainable steps, we've taken away the enormity of feeling overwhelmed by, gee, how am I ever going to get on top of my finances? We think of financial health as a journey, much like physical health. It's not something you can do in one day. It's something you have to work at constantly. By making it easy and by creating a set of defaults that require the customer to do very little to uncover those insights and take action on them, we're exploiting the natural inertia that exists and taking the complexity away from those steps. So some of the financial challenges people face are huge. Saving for college, for a kid's college, buying a home. These are big, big challenges. And so you get people motivated, I understand, to take on these little bite-sized things. But how do you get them motivated and changing to do something big and enormous like that? Well, again, you have to start kind of small. If you want to save for college, you should start now. So how do you begin to do that? Well, I don't have a lot of extra income each month. So how am I ever going to be able to pay for that? for my kids or for myself. Well, let's look at how much money you have left over each month and let's set aside a little bit and maybe you invest some of that. It's very difficult for someone to understand how to solve a complex problem like their finances in one fell swoop. It's about a journey. It's these small little steps that we begin with that gets a person on the road to financial health. I'll give you a specific example. We have lots of customers who download the app because they were compelled by this notion of, hey, I can cancel my recurring subscriptions. They do that, and then they say, hmm, okay, well, now what can I do? Well, I'll open up a savings account. Okay, now I'm starting to save. And they're surprised by how quickly putting aside even $100 a week, how quickly that grows. Okay, now I'm starting to have a little bit of a nest egg for some goal that I have. What else can I do to improve my financial health? Maybe I'll invest in the market. Maybe I'll take some steps to improve my credit score. It's these small incremental steps that ultimately get you there. You've talked a little bit about it, but let's talk a little bit more about technology. There's obviously a lot of talk these days about artificial intelligence or AI. I think for a lot of people, they don't understand exactly what that means, or even if they're running across it in their daily lives. Help us understand what AI is and how it's being used today in personal finance. At the core of artificial intelligence is a notion that a set of codified algorithms can learn from 
the behavior of a large set of data and get better at uncovering insights over time. Demystifying AI is one of those things that I think is important because it helps people understand how it can help them. Artificial intelligence is an opportunity to empower consumers and individuals. It's a tool that we can use to strengthen the power of our understanding of the choices we face. And if you think about it, you have artificial intelligence at your disposal right now. In your pocket is a device that has Clarity Money on it, and it is constantly evaluating your behavior by looking at your spend patterns to uncover things about your life that we think we can improve. Similarly, when you use Google, it uses artificial intelligence to predict what it is you're really looking for when you start to tap keys into that search bar. And so recognizing that this is an incredible opportunity to augment the cognitive ability of any one individual to crack a problem. How do I get to the movie theater? How do I save for college? How do I get a table at a restaurant, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's interesting because obviously the big companies that extend you credit, the credit card companies themselves, the banks behind them, they're using big data. They're using AI about you and others to decide whether or not you deserve another $5,000 or $1,000 on your credit card. So what's interesting about what you're talking about is trying to leverage that data about yourselves and others and artificial intelligence on behalf of the consumer. Yeah, I mean, that's a very important point. I'm glad you raised it. The average person who gets a statement online or in the mail, there's a number at the bottom of the page. And it's either way too big or way too small. And they're holding that piece of paper and they're standing in front of a massive building with no windows, no doors, just a whole bunch of people inside that are hard to reach. And that is the plight of the average consumer as it relates to their credit card bill or their insurance statement or their cable bill. And they feel very powerless to navigate that in any meaningful way. If we can present real options, an arm's length view into what choices a consumer can make to better their financial lives, we will have one done right by the customer and two, we will upend decades of really unfair approaches to financial products. On one of our episodes earlier this year, we talked to an expert on pensions. We talked about the disappearance of the corporate pension and the fact that increasingly for most individuals, at least here in the United States, they're going to have to carry the burden of saving for retirement on their own. How are people's savings habits changing or how should they be changing as they think about retirement? And what impact is the longer lives we're all leading having on that? Yeah, well, Americans don't save enough. By a long shot. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to save. One of the behavioral economic principles that works quite well, given the nature of human behavior, is to set it and forget it. We're going to set aside a certain amount each month, each week, and it's going to go into this account and we're not going to touch it. That feature is available on Clarity Money. Customers love it. It's one of these delightful things where, oh, wow, I can't believe there's already $15,000 in that savings account or $500 in that savings account. 
I just set it up a few months ago and look how much is already there. That's one of the things that we do to exploit the power of the psychology behind behavior. So that's an example of how we help consumers think about the importance of savings. It recognizes a very fundamental condition about money, which is that it is fungible. Consumers think, well, this is my mortgage money, this is my grocery money, this is my vacation money, this is the money I have for you know, the college fund that we need to create that's not quite there yet and not quite where it should be. And so by creating these separate buckets of savings, we help customers understand the power of setting it and forgetting it. You've been at Goldman now for a few months. I'm guessing working at this firm is a little different than your earlier life. What have you liked? What's been harder to adjust to in your short time here so far? It's exciting to work at a place that recognizes the fundamental shifts that are coming in consumer finance. You know, I think about Amazon as a competitor. I think about data as a competitive advantage. I think about blowing up these business models predicated on fees and high interest. I think about those things as transformative shifts in the ecosystem of finance. And for Goldman Sachs, given its legacy and given that it historically has not been in the consumer-facing segment of the market, to make such a big bet on Clarity, on Marcus, and to really part the seas and create an ecosystem and an environment where innovation and a startup can be built is a very exciting proposition. To me, it's a very rewarding opportunity and a massive challenge to be a part of reinventing consumer finance. And so I'm having a lot of fun with that challenge. Well, we'll get to the downsides a year from now or so. <laughs> Adam, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Exchanges at Goldman Sachs. I'm Jake Seward. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again next time. This podcast was recorded on June 14th. 2018. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the listener. The views and opinions expressed herein should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities, and such views and opinions may differ from those of Goldman Sachs Global Investment Research or other departments or divisions of Goldman Sachs and its affiliates. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.